Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. A husband and wife were at a party chatting with some friends when the subject of marriage counseling came up. And the husband said, oh, we actually, my wife and I, we don't need that. My wife and I have a great relationship. The husband continued, she said, he said, she was a communications major in college, and I mastered in, in uh, or I majored in theater arts, so she communicates well, and I act like I'm listening. <laughs> theater major. Now, we know his comment was made in sarcasm. Uh, it's important to know that in a marriage, we cannot fake it till we make it and expect that our marriage will thrive. And the same thing in our relationship with God, we cannot be a good actor and just come to church on Sunday. We can't just go to Bible study on whatever day and just expect that that's going to be enough in our relationship with God. We cannot act like a Christian. We can't just go through the motions. We need to truly be connecting with God so that we grow in His Word and in our relationships with Him. So, in talking about that today, we continue our series called Listening to God's Voice. Listening to God's Voice. I just realized that I forgot one announcement, uh, so I'm going to make that here. Ladies, First Fridays, there is going to be a coffee, tea, and devotion time every first Friday of the month. That starts Good Friday. That starts next week, Friday, Good Friday. This is going to be happening at Ladder's Coffee Shop in Cambridge. All ladies, 9 o'clock every first Friday of the month. And that is uh, what you got along with your bulletin today. So make sure that, uh, that you attend that. It's going to be a great time for all of our ladies. Okay, so we started listening uh, to God's voice, the series, a few weeks ago, and uh, we started this series talking about the three voices or the three sources that we hear from in our minds. We can hear from either the devil, ourselves, or God. Those three voices. Those three voices are the only voices that we hear from. So we talked about how to interpret which voice we're hearing. And then when we know which voice we're hearing, we looked at what are we going to do with that then when those thoughts come to our mind. If we have a thought that comes from the enemy, we're not going to do it. If we have a thought that comes from ourselves, well, we are, we are not great individuals to have good reasoning for ourselves. And so, therefore, if it's a thought from our own selves, then we don't listen to it. We don't do it. But if it's from God, if it's from God, we listen to those things. And so, last week with this, we talked about the story of Samuel and how he heard from God and the amazing story with him. And today, we're going to talk about another story about listening to God and being obedient to God in the story of Noah. And so, here's the message today. Do everything God says to do. That's the message. That's where we're heading today. Do everything God says to do all the time, every time. If you hear nothing else today, hear that. Do everything God says to do. Now you can go home. No. <laughs> and do that. No. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 6. That's all about what it is today. Do everything that God says to do. And Noah is an amazing example in this story of doing all that God has asked us to do. And uh, we got to understand about Noah that he was living in a time where the world was a mess. We're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 6 today. I'll be in the English Standard Version, and uh, you can follow along with us in the Version Bible app if you have that. You know, many people look at the world today and think, wow, we are living in such difficult times. The world is so awful. Which, listen, I'll attest to that. Yes, the world is bad. There are bad things going on. I understand that. But as we'll find in our text today... 
there were bad things going on in Noah's day. So bad that God destroyed the earth with a flood. And that's what we're going to read about today. So I just look at the perspective of that. You know, you know, there's a lot of thought, oh, our world is so bad. It is, and I don't want to discount that. There's bad, 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 bad things going on. And some people say it's the worst it's ever been. I don't know if I completely agree with that. My stance on that is that if God destroyed the earth with a flood and all these evil things were going on, I have a feeling it was that bad. It was that bad. Okay, so let's talk about it. Genesis 6, verses, and my Bible just closed to me. Would you look at that? Genesis 6, verses 5 through 8. Let's take a look at that. Genesis 6, verses 5 through 8. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and, and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So point number one is the wickedness in man. The wickedness in man. We begin here with the Lord seeing a wickedness in man. The Lord regretted making man. God was grieved. It says here that every intention of the thoughts of man's heart were only evil continually. You know, there's a few absolutes in the Bible, and when you see an absolute, you can be sure and know that that's the way it was. The specific words, as we read out of the English Standard Version, man's heart was only, only evil continually. Does this sound in any way, shape, or form to the world we live in today? Yes, we can attest to that. It's evil in this world. And again, you know, I don't think it's any worse now than it was back in the days of Noah. Some people think the world is bad right now. I just think the difference today is that something bad can happen overseas, and in a matter of seconds, the whole world can know that thing that happened. Everyone, all the time. The, the news can air whatever they want to, which they do, whether we like it or not, and everyone knows the current happenings, whether they are accurate or not, but news gets spread very rapidly in today's day and age, which is why I think that we think things are much worse now than they ever have been. But I think that things are as bad as they have been and have been maybe even worse before. I don't know. But now we have more immediate access to all of the bad things that happen right when they happen. And so because of that, we think it's so bad. And again, it is. But you turn on the news. They'll show you all the murders and crimes that happened last night in Columbus, surrounding area, everything. In Bible times, you had to wait for a messenger to come from a town far off to tell you about something that happened. And if that wasn't bad enough, then they may not even send a messenger over. Now, nowadays, we can track police reports submitted from last night and see what's going on locally and all the way around the world in a matter of seconds. And so we're exposed to the evil that's happening in our world. And since our minds are filled with the negative, we think it's much worse. It is awful. There's bad things. I understand that. But we can't focus on those things all the time. I can't control what other people have said and done. I can't control what other people do. That's not my responsibility. But I do have a responsibility in this, and that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with all those around me. You know, the other thing that people can do nowadays is sit, is, uh, sit behind their computer and have a no-confrontation debate with someone on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform that they use, and to be quite honest with you, I think it's pretty cowardly to sit behind a screen and debate with somebody that you'll never actually meet because you can't actually confront that person face-to-face. -face. They can say whatever they want to. 
and go on with life like nothing ever happened because they're not face-to-face. I think that's a complete waste of time. I find myself not doing that. And the reason I find myself not doing that is because I try to help other people know who Jesus Christ is as their Lord and Savior. That's what Jesus commands us to do as disciple makers as we read about in the Great Commission. And so if that's my goal, then I need to be doing things that would help to fulfill that goal. Because listen, I've not heard of anyone that said, you know what, pastor, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I read someone else's hate-filled comment on social media about how wrong I am in my sin. I have never heard that before. Because, listen, Matthew 18 has clear instructions about how to, conf- how to handle conflict and issues. First one-on-one, that if that, then if that doesn't work, bring in another person. If that doesn't work, bring in the help of Christian leadership. This world is so broken, and it was back in Genesis 6 as well. God saw the wickedness of man, and he wanted to destroy the earth. But the Bible says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You know what? I'd like to find favor in the eyes of the Lord. I'd like to find favor in the eyes of the Lord. I'd like if God would look down upon me and say, Dustin, you're doing a good job. I'd like that. Not for boastful gain, not because I want to be looked at as in that way, but, uh, but I'd like to find favor in my God's eyes. Because my main goal in life is that my heavenly father would be pleased with me. That I would live for him. That I would have relationship continually with him and be proud of me. And I want to know it. I want to know it deep down. You know, when I put Nehemiah to bed at night, we'll talk about how the day went and whatever. But as he's drifting off to sleep, I'll say, Nehemiah, you know how much I love you? And he'll say, lots. (laughs) And I'll say, yep, yep. And you know how proud I am of you? And he'll say, lots. And I'll say, yep, and don't you ever forget it. You have a mommy and a daddy who loves you and is proud of you. You know, we do that mostly every night with him. And I, I want my heavenly father to remind me that he loves me and that he's proud of me. I don't want to live my life contrary to his will and his plan for my life. I would like for my heavenly father to be proud of me. And Noah, Noah found favor with God. God was proud of him. Let's take a look in Genesis 6, 13 to 21. This is a longer passage, but I want to help you understand the instructions that God specifically gave to Noah and then what he did with them. So let's take a look at this. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing on the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you and to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you 
and for them. So point number two is God's command. The earth is bad. Man did bad stuff. They're, they're awful. Things are really awful. God decides he's going to destroy everyone in the earth. I can just imagine that conversation with Noah. So Noah, let me talk to you for a minute here. Okay. Everyone screwed everything up except for you. Okay. So I've determined to make an end to all flesh and I'll destroy every living thing on this earth. So build an ark. You'll need it. <laughs> okay. Let's take a serious look here at what God said. Some people have said that God is difficult to understand, which I do understand that sentiment from time to time when people say that. No doubt, it's sometimes hard to hear from God. But we've talked about how to hear from God a little bit better in this series. And I can tell you from what I see here, I don't think there is much question about what God is asking, right? God's instructions are ultra clear, completely understandable. Noah was given intricate, extreme, intricate instructions on how to build this ark. Now, this probably happened because uh, before this time, there had not been rainfall on the earth, so there had not been much need for an ark, so God had to give him these very specific instructions on what to do in order to build an ark. So let's take a look at these extreme, specific, intricate instructions today. The ark was supposed to be 300 cubits long, which is equivalent to one and a half football fields long, just to give you perspective there. And 30 cubits high, which is about 45 feet high. You know, there's an ark replica in Williamstown, Kentucky. If you haven't been there, you ought to go. It's massive. Now, they specifically put it way far into their land. If you drive up, you can't just drive by and see it. You know, they've got a big property there, so they put it way in. You've got to take a bus over there to get to it. And when you finally get to it, I am just amazed. I mean, I am just absolutely amazed uh, that, that this thing could even happen. And, and that it was built without back then, that it was built without the machinery that it, it took to build the one in Kentucky, okay? None of that big, crazy machinery. Not only did Noah build it for himself, but for his wife, his sons and his sons' wives, and additionally, two of every animal that was of every kind that was to be brought onto the ark as well, and also he stored food on the ark to make sure that he and his family would have enough food to survive while they were on the ark. I'm telling you, from every intricate detail of the ark to the exact things that he should have on the ark in order to survive, God gave him all the details. God gave him all the details. We serve a God who is in the details. He is detail-oriented. Sometimes when God speaks to us, it seems like it's not very detailed, but sometimes he's asking for our faith to trust in what he says so that we can grow in our faith. Because recognize that the specific instructions, the specific instructions that God gave to Noah... He said, bring your family, bring these animals, and bring this amount of food, every kind of food. He didn't say, and by the way, Noah, there's going to be a flood for this many days, and you will get off at this time, so that's why you want to make sure that you have enough food. It's like, if, and they were on, on the ark for an extensive period of time. Uh, you know, I didn't write this in, in part in my notes, but from what I understand, there was about 150 days, if my memory serves me correct. If I'm wrong, look it up for yourself and find it. I apologize. But it was a long time, okay? Long time. Yet they were on this ark. And God gave them instructions on how much food to take along with them so that when they were on the ark for that long, that they would have enough food and that they would have enough that they needed to supply for everything that was going to happen around them. You know, it reminds me, when God asks me to do something, I should probably do that thing that he asks me to do because I don't know the surrounding details that are going to happen. We don't always know every little detail about what's going on, and, but God does. And so that's why God says, Noah, you need all these things, X, Y, and Z, 
but he didn't tell them how long he was going to be on the ark. But thank God that Noah listened because as he did, they were able to survive for how long they were there. We serve a God who's in the details. We serve a God who's in the details. But God did leave some details out for Noah. And Noah was faced with a decision to either trust God or not. He had a decision to make. God told him, build an ark, do this, but all these things. And now he had a decision. Am I going to trust God or not? Let's see what happened here as we pick it up in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. That's the verse. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. That's point number three. Noah did all that God commanded him. I told you at the beginning of this message to do everything that God tells you to do. That's the message. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. God, Noah, did all that God commanded him. Again, here's an absolute. All. He did all that God commanded him. There is no record that we can see of Noah following up with these detailed questions. There is no record of Noah listing his worries to God. There is no record of Noah coming before God and pushing back because of his fears about the sheer size of the ark. There is no record of Noah talking to God and telling him it was crazy to build an ark because there had never been rainfall. There is no record of Noah calling his friends and explaining his disbelief that God would ask him to do such a crazy thing. There is no record of Noah even asking God for confirmation that it was him asking him to do these things. We have got to recognize that when we hear the voice of God, when we hear God calling, God Almighty calling, that we must be willing to move with no hesitation and no fear as we see in the life of Noah. In the verses leading up to verse 22 that we just read, there was much instruction on how to build the ark. Then the very next verse reads, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. My mind is blown because it seems like such a simple verse that we could pass over, but it's so important that we get this into our minds today. As I was reading this verse over and over, God, God spoke to my heart, and God stopped me at this verse. It was as if God said, Dustin, go no farther than here before you recognize the sheer impact that this statement has. Noah did all that God commanded him with no question. Why was Noah able to obey God without question? That's what I ask. Because he had something called faith. See, when we have faith that is strong, we're able to trust with everything. I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Noah had faith in God. In another aspect, I have faith, for instance, that my wife is committed to me. There is not one day that goes by that I worry about if my wife is cheating on me. Not one day. And you know why I don't worry about that? Because I am so handsome. No. Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know my wife is not cheating on me because we both have our faith, faith built upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. And since she's seeking Jesus first and foremost, she answers to a higher authority, and that authority is not me, it's God. 
And I know that she honors our marriage vows that we took on our wedding day because I have faith in God and she has faith in God and I'm confident that she's staying committed to me so there's never a question. She loves me. I love her. And then, then you know what? There's no man or woman or demon in hell that will ever separate that in the mighty name of Jesus that we stand. Amen. Noah was able to trust God because he had faith in God. If you don't believe me, well, the next verse I'm going to read will show you. Hebrews 11 is where we're going to jump to in the New Testament. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is what we call the faith hall of fame. In the New Testament of the Bible, Hebrews 11 mentions tons of people in the Old Testament who had faith. Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Let me read that verse again. This is so important. Hebrews 11, 7. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. He didn't know they were coming. In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah is honored for his faith in God, having built an ark and having faith that God would help him. His faith was what drove him to listen to God's voice and follow through with all that God had commanded him. Let's take a look at, back in Genesis 5, verse 32. I'm just going to read this for you. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then Genesis 7, 6, this is uh, kind of, could you turn this microphone down just a little bit? It's uh, giving a little bit of feedback here. Genesis 7, verse 6, thank you for that. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. So we understand from these verses that Noah was building the ark for well over 100 years before he actually saw the reason why it was being built. God told him the reason, and he knew the reason, but he didn't see the rain coming in the forecast. He didn't have the farmer's almanac to see that this huge storm was possibly maybe going to come. He didn't have the meteorologist on NBC4 in Columbus telling him that there was going to be this storm coming. And they had a better meteorologist than they had in Wisconsin this last week. My parents just told me that they had three to five inches of snow forecasted, and they got slammed with 12 instead <laughs> just yesterday up in the uh, Green Bay area. Just amazing, <laughs> you know. Sometimes meteorologists are wrong. How many of you know that we can trust in a God who's never wrong, who knows what's coming? We don't have to wonder if this report is going to come true. We can trust in God's report. We can trust in God's promises, as we sang about earlier this morning. Noah had God's call in his life to know that the floodwaters were coming. Noah didn't live the famous life. He was probably not Mr. Famous in his day and age. Noah wasn't in the stone tablet Jeffersonian for being a hero that day. I can almost guarantee you that. But instead, I'm sure he was the joke of the times. He was asked by God to do this given task of building the ark. But this meant over 100 years of hard work without seeing the result for a very long time, but he did it anyway. You know, I've got a buddy of mine, him and his wife, uh, they were in ministry. He was actually supposed to be here today, but he ended up not being able to make it due to the weather. <laughs> um, but uh, he's a pilot. But before that, he was, uh, he was in college with me. He's my accountability partner, actually. And he was in college with me. We went to 
Bible college together. He was in youth ministry in southwestern Wisconsin for a given season, and then he felt the call of God to leave youth ministry and go into a different type of ministry that he would have to study for, and that was the ministry of aviation. And I know that kind of sounds funny, but he wanted to study aviation. He wanted to study to be a pilot so that he could use that talent for the glory of God, so that he could go and do the ministries where you, know, you deliver you know, items or Bibles or whatever type of things to people all around the world. He felt God putting that on his heart to do that. And you know what? He left his role as youth minister, and he did what God called him to do. He left his role as youth minister. He went and worked a, uh, a job in a local area where he was making uh, full-time money, and he was able to save up and do the classes and save up and do the training and all this stuff. And eventually, many months ago, he just got his private pilot's license. And then, because he wanted to continue what God had for his life, he said, you know what, I'd really like to, really like to get my hours in, but it's really hard to do that when I have to keep renting a plane from the aviation, the, the airport over here. So he said, I'd like to buy my own plane. So he talked to his wife about it. God bless his wife. She is an amazing one. And I'm serious. And she was in college with us too. I remember their story. She, no, she wanted nothing to do with him. But he wanted everything to do with her. (laughs) And he pursued her, and he pursued her, and he pursued her, and he prayed, and he prayed for her, and he prayed to God, and finally she came through and said, fine, (laughs) fine. Got to attend their wedding and stand up in their wedding. It was beautiful. Well, anyway, she has such a faith in God as well, and she wants to support her husband. And she said, you feel like God's putting on your heart to buy a plane? We'll buy a plane. So they took a huge leap of faith financially to buy a plane, and so they did. And he's got that plane. He was supposed to fly that plane here this weekend, but again, the weather inhibited him from doing that. But hopefully, he will be here soon, and you can meet him one day. Um, but just you know, an amazing man that has such faith in God. And not only that, but uh, just, having, just having quit his full-time job and went to part-time, and now his wife is working full-time, they felt that was the next move for their family so that he could hurry up and quickly get all of his hours in so that he can get to... Uh, commercial pilot status. I don't know all that aviation stuff. I know Carter's super into the aviation, so I don't know how long it takes to get to commercial pilot status, but I do know that it's many hours in the air rather than on the ground. <laughs> so uh, that's what he's doing. But I just think about that, and I'm like, they heard from God. And when they heard from God, they took a step of faith, even though it's not necessarily comfortable, and they didn't have all of the financial things worked out, and they weren't sure how it was going to end up, but they said, We believe this is the direction for our lives, so God, we're going to put it in your hands and trust you. And I think that's what we need to be doing. We need to be doing that. Kendra, could you come forward this morning? Today, we recognize that the first way that God is speaking to everyone is that he calls you into relationship with him. That's the first part of listening to God's voice. Today, recognize that you can be free from all of the sin that might be in your life. You can be free from your addictions. By the way, if you are here and you are an addict, we've been praying for you just so you understand that. If you're in bondage today, we've been praying for you that God would send you through our doors so you are not here by mistake today. You are here with purpose today. We just prayed at 9 o'clock that God would send people that are struggling with addictions and bondages of whatever kind and sin types of things would walk in our doors this morning. You are welcome here. We want you here. And we believe that God can help you through your addiction process to hand that over to Him. Whatever sin that you might have walked in with today, we believe that God can free you of that in a moment, in an instant. Jesus wants to put you back together. If you feel broken today, 
If you are involved in that sin that's taken you so far away from God, if you feel so disconnected, if you're doubting your faith in God, whatever that looks like today, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. And God wants you to come into relationship with Him and be free for eternity. Would you bow your head and close your eyes today as we reflect on God? God, in this moment, we trust you. God, in this moment, we trust you. And all the distractions that are around us right now, I pray that we wouldn't pay any attention to the things that are distracting us, but that we would truly, Lord, see this as a relationship moment, an opportunity to come into relationship with you. The distractions of, oh, well, I came with this person, and I don't want them to know that I've got anything going on with me or whatever. Lord, I just pray that you calm our spirits today. Calm our hearts. Calm our hearts, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Jesus is offering an open invitation to accept him into your heart today. Romans chapter 3 says that we've all sinned, and none of us can truly escape the grip that sin has on our lives. Romans 6.23 says that because of those things that are in our lives, we deserve death and hell because of it. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today, if you're in this room and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just encourage you to put your hand in the air and put it right back down if you want to accept Christ into your heart. We're going to take a moment and we're going to focus on this. This is such an important moment in our service that if you believe that God is, God is speaking to your heart today and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, just put your hand in the air and put it back down today. Dear God, in this moment, I didn't see any hands today, but I do pray for those that are struggling in their walk with you. I pray for those that may not be serving you, but they're considering what that looks like. God, I pray that you would encourage them today and give them the strength that they need. God, I pray that if they're on that line that they would say, Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord and Savior of my life for both now and forevermore. And that they would say, Lord, help me to turn from my sin and live for you. That they would be renewed in Jesus' name. God, I also pray for those that are in this room that are struggling because they can't hear from you and they're trying to figure out what life looks like. For those that do have relationship with you and maybe they've heard your voice but they're kind of scared as to what they're going to do with that. I pray Jesus that just as Noah did here in our story that every single person in this room would follow what you have said for them. That that we would do all that God has commanded us to do. Genesis 6.22 Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. God, help us to do all that God has commanded us to do and to walk through with faith and courage today and strength. God, that you would give us what we need to carry on. God, be with us as we go today, and I pray that we are encouraged as we go to continue to share Christ with other people. Help us not miss anyone in the process. Help us to grow in our walk with you and help us to have faith in Christ even on the days that it's most difficult. God, we pray this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you today. We will start.
our annual business meeting in just a few minutes. Get signed up in the Welcome Center area in the lobby, and we'll see you all in just a few minutes. God bless you. It is so good to be at church. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.